Ryan, Tony, and Chris We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the chinwits. Welcome to the Jim Woods Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, your registered dietitian. And we are the Jim Wits. So we have an action-packed episode yeah, we do. of the podcast today. Um, but I guess first, um, if, you've, if you've been on, on our website or... No, not our website. Crap, <laughs> I gotta do that. <laughs> um, you didn't even put it up to our website. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm... I'm I just have, I have to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I got to get it on the website. Um, but yeah, our logo has changed <laughs> after about two years. Um, yeah, so it's 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 pretty cool. Whoever did it did a great job because it's not the person that did the original logo, but it basically looks like the original kind of artist did it. Yeah, I, I made sure. So actually, we should probably shout him out. Um, it's a friend of mine. His name is Darren. And I had him. Basically, I said, we need the logo to look just like this but i need to be in, in it um so let me see if i can find his name on instagram but also ryan you just reminded me that i should send you a new photo of myself or the bio on the oh, website because sure. yeah. yeah i gotta make some changes to the website anyway so if you want to change you know, if you need to send me any updated yeah. you know, all our listeners need to hear this yeah, exactly stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly well this is just delaying so that you can find his so Instagram darren changes. so darren norman is it's d-n-o-r-m-a artist so d norm artist there so yeah if you need a if you need a logo, need a logo yeah, he does he a great job. Fast. And um, fast, too. Fast. Um, he really did do it very fast. Even, like, when we had little edits, like, he, he edited it within, like, it felt like I emailed you. You would email me, like, hey, look at this. What do you think? And I'd say, okay, can you change X, Y, and Z? I, and then it, it, I'd get an email from you, like, an hour later. I'm so not going to lie. Quick. I think he did it because, like, I'm a good friend. But because I, I referred him to somebody else, and they said the turnaround was a week, which still, though, is pretty yeah, fast. That's, that's still great. great. That's yeah. still great. And it was so, professional and, yeah, really cool. Yay! I'm officially a gym wit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. So yeah, we do have a uh, a jam packed episode today. Uh, but, uh, and when we get into the meat of it, uh, first, Ryan, did you read that article I sent you? Tony, did you read it as well? I opened it. I read it a little bit of it, a few yeah. paragraphs. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's pretty bad. Uh, and it, why don't you explain it? There's a good episode of uh, I believe it's This American Life that came out this week that um, deals with something similar. I'll explain it after you explain what you saw in the article. So basically a woman put her kid to, uh, to sleep for a nap and the kid had a small fever and when she went to wake him up, he had unfortunately passed away. He was a very young child and she, she made posts, uh, you know, pictures of him, probably, you know, cute pictures and, you know, family pictures and things like that. And then all of a sudden, she started getting attacked by anti-vaxxers who started calling her all sorts of horrible names and telling her that she killed her, you know, she killed her son, you know, that she's at, at fault and, you know, lots of ex expletives. And then they started harassing her as well. They harassed her husband, things like that. So it's, um, it's pretty horrendous. Yeah. Well, yeah, the... I mean, we, we, we talked about this the other day um, in an episode. I think we'll post it as a bonus before this goes out. But we we're talking about kind of just the anti-vax movement and a lot of the anti-science stuff. And it's bad enough, you know, to kind of not, 
you know, not vaccinate your kid or to deny that it, that they're effective and, and et cetera, et cetera. But it's another step to like harass a parent of a child. That's just like, it's just an awful thing. There was like, yeah, there was an episode of uh, this American life. Where they were, I believe it was this American life um, where they were talking about, it, it was similar, but with people, with people whose kids died in Sandy hook and that you have this whole group of people now who, as soon as there's like a big mass killing, um, they immediately claim that it's like a false flag, that it's, it's, you know that they're crisis actors oh, and, they go, and, they, yeah. and, they, and it's like insane that you'd have these grieving parents and then not only do they have to grieve for the death of their kid but they have to then deal with these insane people who claim may, who, who are just harassing them for, mm. for no reason it's just it's awful um, and uh, you know no matter what your position is on it's just an awful thing to do uh, and it just is it's mind-boggling yeah, and one thing that that got me is that they in in the article which we we will post in show notes. Feel free to read it. Uh, it's a CNN you know CNN article. They talked to some of the heads of the anti-vaxxer movement, and from them the quotes. And I don't know what what was what they said in in their entirety, but to me it's they seemed very blasé about about these things. They would say, "Oh, we don't condone harassment," yeah. or people if there are infiltrators who are just being incendiary. You know, we don't. You know, we're not. Uh, we don't associate with it. But it it, it felt very weak and very blasé yeah. to me. Where in the where okay, you can have your stance, you can have your opinion, but I feel something like that. If you're the head of a movement to come out and say this is you know reprehensible what these people yeah. did, they are not sensitive. We do not associate with them. These are these are not part of this is as far as I'm concerned, this is not part of the anti-vaxxer move. You know, anti-vaccination movement. This is these are not our people, yeah. right? To me, that's what you know uh, a good person does. Yeah. Instead, you know, this person whoever's in the head in in typical fashion was very weak and because. Who knows? Maybe this. Maybe they are in in favor of of this. You know, behave. To me, it seems like either they're in favor of the behavior or they just don't care, and that to them there's a bigger goal, and that if this sort of things happen, it's collateral damage. That's yeah. how they see well, yeah, it. No, That's I what I so. got the sense of. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the you know part of it is they they see it as oh look, see that person got vaccinated and they still died, so they must be. You know, it's like it proves their point, and then I don't know. You know, the article kind of touches on a little bit like you know if they're, why there's such a concerted effort to do that like what's the strategy behind you know so aggressively attacking somebody you know i, I think it just it still comes down you know a lot to this internet um it's kind of right, mindset people of that are internet, cowards that, that you're in you're in this group and that they're the enemy and that there's this thing and, and it's the enemy and it becomes a target and and if you know for what it's worth like even for us like if one of these people were to hear this and then they decide we're going to target them, they could do a lot of damage to you between mm -hmm. finding your address, finding your information, you know, uh, doxing your websites, you know, leaving reviews. Oh, and of course, people like of that would stuff. never come up to our yeah, face well, and never say it because they're cowards. Of course not. But, but they'll, they'll do it, you know, behind a keyboard and they can be, you know, at least effective as far as like harassing people and, and really, you know, drive them crazy and it, it's frustrating and, and you, you mentioned like you can have your opinions and it's like i would also say you can have your opinions and this is me paraphrasing somebody else but like you, like you can have your opinions but you can't have the facts and and um you know what, what it comes down to is just a lack of understanding of of basic you know science and um and then you combine that with um kind of this conspiracy mindset and the the that part of the internet that dark 
you know, dirty part of the internet where people can kind of just, you know, just the grime the coalesces and becomes just something disgusting and, and, and inflammatory. And then you kind of pick a target and it's just, it's one of, you know, it's, it's what, you know, there are many great things about the internet <laughs> and there are many awful mm. things and that's one of the worst. It's sad. My, my thought of a lot of the, like the hate crimes or just bullying in general, like if you put all that energy into yeah loving yourself or doing something productive like this world would be a much better place people spend way too much time focused on other people's what they're like just bringing negativity to this world which is the last thing we absolutely need no it's true and you you see a lot of this with movements that at least are meant to do good to do positive things and i'm sure for people that are part of the you know anti-vax movement they're uh, they're in it for genuinely good reasons as far as as far as they know it to them right they believe that vaccinations are bad that they're you know you know causing autism which we know is not proven at all or making people more sick or some part of big pharma conspiracy who knows what it is but to them it's actually a good thing sort of similar to PETA who uh, the idea behind it is good like we want ethical treatment for animals um, but as we know PETA has done some pretty terrible things and um, they've been done good stuff but they've done bad stuff too so oftentimes the you know what they say the uh, the um, road to ruin is paved with good intentions yeah yeah you're right to an extent I think you, you've got li- different people in those like you have, you're gonna have some people who are legitimately they just they maybe they had you know they got really sick or they know somebody that died from a vaccine you know because you, know, you know like we've talked about before there, there a certain percentage of people are going to die from a vaccine and the whole idea is that you know yes w- you know with any of these one or you know there will be a very 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 small percentage that are going to um, but it, it, you're going to save people orders of magnitude, you know, uh, uh, on scales of orders of magnitude greater. So yes, the one or two is sad, and it's not that you should just discount it, but that it, it's it's far exceeded by what would happen if you don't. And then you also have the, you know the, you have the percent that either won't be affected by the vaccine, or and you have the percent that can't take the vaccine. And so by vaccinating everybody else, you're able to protect that group. And that you know that's where we have these outbreaks when you have the you know it's you know in these areas, these pockets of the world where there there are these you know. And the, the what, article th- these talked about and, one uh, a, a child who died yeah. because the child was too young to be vaccinated, yeah. so they went with the herd. Um, what was it called? Yeah. The herd. Uh, what's the word? Immunity type deal where um, you know where everyone builds up immunity, but it didn't work. No, yeah. The kid died because it was in a very uh, low percentage vaccination yeah. part of the world, and the, the, you know, so, the, be, p- potentially because of that, yeah. the kid w- uh, got exposed to it because other people weren't vaccinated yeah, and then unfortunately exactly. passed so, away. So yeah, that's the problem. Like, so you have you have some people who fall into that. You know, they, there's a real reason why, and it may not be rooted in science, but it's rooted in emotion, which is an important thing, and you can't discount emotion. But then you do also, you're going to have the people that are just conspiracy theorists, and they're going to buy into anything. You know, they'll buy into that. They'll buy into the, you know, I mean, look, we've got a, a not insignificant amount of people that think the earth is flat. You know, there, there are like legitimate flat earthers. It's not like, like we still say it as a joke, but there's enough people that it, like, it's not, or there, you know, there, there are people that think that the moon landing was faked, which again, that's something that, you know, like, like why believe it? And I think for a lot, there, there are just people that are just ready to, to, to buy into that. Um, and yeah, so I mean, yes, there's some that mean well, or at least, you know, look, uh, there, the, the people that are actively attacking 
people who have dealt with tragedy, they're disgusting scum of the earth. Then you have people that mean well, they're just not informed. And I, you know, obviously it can be a little bit more sympathetic towards them, you know, but you know, like I hope there's a bad, there's a, you know, a place in hell for the people who are going to reach out to a mother whose you know child just died and and send them inflammatory mm. comments. Like they're you know, I, I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in an afterlife. But if there is, I hope that they spend their life their life being dumped into a blender just over and over, yeah. like a giant human sized blender just over and over. But or being forced to take you know or vaccinations. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but like like nasty vaccinations that like actually do give you like rabies and things like that. Oh my goodness. That's a good idea. Like the beetle that just says autism on it. And we just get injected with that. It was like, what was that cartoon? Like when we saw when we were young, it was like ironic punishment where like the kid who was, who was, uh, eating was forced to go on a, you know, on a, on a conveyor belt where they force fed him. Right. I think they parodied it on either the Simpsons or like Family Guy or something like that. But the but like where it was I think Homer or something that was put on the conveyor belt to be force fed, but he ate everything. So <laughs> it backfired. I don't remember it, but it sounds like something. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know how we got there. As often uh, we go on tangents. So yes. I guess that's uh, but yeah, we since we just released a, a big a long rant on vaccinations and all that stuff we'll, we'll, we can end it here before yeah, i yeah. go on another rant and people are like yeah. okay you're saying the same stuff it's less about the vaccinations more about the people doing yeah it. Yeah, yeah exactly like that they're they're scum but we'll okay. stop there you go. <laughs> all right so uh what's the main point of our or the main well, the, no, got, the, the meat of oh wait wait that's right that's right there's always sorts of fun you yeah, got we some have, studies well, we have so 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 and a question um, too. tony has an email yeah that, you want me to, we want to do that yeah we could do the email first all right, so this question comes from Emily, and she had listened to the emotional eating episode, and she said, thank you, I really resonated with that. I've been struggling a little bit, having a tough time, um, and want to kind of just stay in my house alone, and which leads to overeating. And Emily and I actually, I know Emily, she's part of my Healthy Lifestyle Support Group that I have on Facebook, and um, I know a lot more about her, so this is a little easier for me to answer because I have the background where sometimes people write in, I don't know too much, but she sent, she said a really good, she gave us a, a little bit of a, of a lengthy background that can help a little bit. So she said that basically um, she's been trying, so, so her goal is actually muscle mass. She wants to gain muscle mass. She has a history of restrictive eating. Obviously, we just talked about emotional eating. So she's been eating more. And so this is what she said. I've been trying not to weigh myself lately since I've been increasing my calories. I just want, don't want to feel guilty for gaining weight, even though I know I need the extra calories. Anyway, I'd weighed myself today for the first time in a while, and I've actually lost some weight like seven pounds over three months, which seems like a lot to me since I've been trying to, trying to do so. She's been trying to gain weight. So I've heard this is normal when eating restriction, when eating restrictions are lifted, but I just want to hear it directly from you. Ha ha. If keep it, if I keep my calories steady as they are now, should I, should, I should plateau and stop losing, right? I have more energy and feel better, but this is still alar- a little alarming for me. I want to put on a bit more muscle, not lose it. Is this water weight? So basically my response to her was it could be a, a lot of things. She hasn't weighed herself in three months, so we don't know how her weight normally fluctuates for one. Number two, she's changed her way of eating and exercise regimen, so we have to be able to monitor that. So I encouraged her that if she, you know, if she feels comfortable 
to get back on the scale, we can just use it as a form of measurement. It doesn't make it doesn't mean she needs to change her diet. It doesn't mean she needs to change her exercise regimen. We just need it as a data point so we can assess how she normally fluctuates. In general, the most important thing that she said is she's feeling better. She has more energy. So that's great. What I encouraged her to do was to slowly, if she, you know, her, her goal is muscle mass and she slowly does want to increase her calories, but weight gain never feels good on anyone, whether you're underweight at a healthy weight, overweight, gaining weight just is uncomfortable. So you don't want to do it too much too soon. So I basically told her to just track her weight for about a month, keep doing what she's doing. If there's still no change and she continues to plateau and the weight doesn't go back up, then she definitely wants to slowly increase her calories by using things like healthy fats and protein. Um, so she can do things like protein shakes, protein bars, adding things like nut butters, olive oil, um, dips like hummus and guacamole. Um, but do it slowly over time so that way, one, it's controllable and repeatable. And then two, we can assess what's helpful and what's not. Ryan, maybe you have something to add to that. Is there something yeah. in her training that she could be doing better? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of it, there's something. Yeah, well, you like made a great point as far as just data points. Um, you know, that the, the more data you have, the more you're able to identify and diagnose issues, and then and then come up with a plan of action. So, yeah, as much as kind of it may be mentally, you know, tough, or you may struggle mentally to kind of see the weight creep up, um, it it helps us figure out kind of what plan of action um as far as the weights um just make sure you know lifting heavy um you know so you know heavier weights um heavy resistance training will help um that might also you know the body is a machine that if nothing else it kind of adapts to stress so one adaptation might just be increased hunger you know due to the demand of the weights if you're lifting more heavier weights and you need to put on muscle the you know there's a good chance you're going to be hungrier it's just a common thing and that may help you eat a little bit more which will help you um, increase uh, the weight and also increase in lean weight. So, you know, if you're eating at a level that you're trying to gain, but you're not exercising appropriately, then even if you do put on weight, it may or may not be kind of what you want. Um, so the more muscle that you can put on um, and lean weight, uh, the better. So I'd just say make sure that the, the, the weight training program is, um, you know, heavy resistance training that is progressive, that your weights are moving up uh, as much as you can, you know. And, um, yeah, that's all I really would add right now. Otherwise, yeah, I think just keep, you know, keep track of what you're doing and, and your weights. And I, I'm kind of curious, like, so she could be putting on muscle mass, but the weight necessarily might not change because it could just be the, her body composition. Yeah. Changing, yeah. So right? the, if the body composition changes, then you're right. Like that could, the, the only problem is it's really hard. Like it's really hard to yeah. lose. It's hard to lose weight and put on muscle. And it's hard to lose fat and gain muscle right. in a short period. You can do it over a long period of time where, right. you know, but where your natural body fluctuate in weight. But it's a little bit of a challenge for somebody to to do both this, like to kind of lose a lot of fat and gain a lot of muscle at mm -hmm. the same time. Not that it's impossible and, and kind of some people are kind of genetically predisposed to it, but it's not not impossible. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's quite possible that, you know, most of those seven pounds, especially if the diet's been as good as it's been and, and she's been exercising, that most of that seven pounds is fat. Um, wait. So but. is there any way to tell if you've been, well, I'm, I'm sure there, there is, but what's, what's a reasonable way to tell if you've actually gained muscle? Uh, body composition to do some kind of body mass, I mean, body, body fat, um, analysis before and after. Do you think it would be worth? Yeah, I would, I would say get, I mean, chances are she's not like, unless maybe her gym might have something that's a little bit more high tech, but you know, they have the little baby machine, what are their bioelectric, yeah. they use bioelectrical impedance. 
yeah. what are those called um, the like handheld thing uh yeah the, the, yeah it's like yeah. a handheld bio- bioelectrical yeah so like that yeah. i mean they're not 100 percent accurate but yeah. they give you sort of like a, a good, you know yeah. they're they might be slightly um i guess what's it, tainted by like if I, you're hydrated or not yeah. or like certain things but I, for the most part it tends to be a good range to yeah assess. i would say you're more it may be better to do inches. Like I would I say, it's say, better to get somebody feet. that measures. You know, just make sure that somebody that can do it consistently, because you know you get some people who they they could measure you twice in, in the, the span of thirty spot. seconds, and yeah. they're going to give you two different numbers. So I might say like l- go with somebody that can do it consistently, but measurements might be a little bit better, um, f- especially for your purpose, because I I think. Body fat, especially with the body, again, body fat's the same thing. If you have a trainer that does it the right way with the calipers, I like. I think that's always the best because you're going to get a fairly consistent change where the machines will drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And especially because she mentioned that she didn't doesn't like to check regularly because you know, it was almost like a mental block or um, almost like a psychological fear of gaining the weight, even though kind of intellectually she knows that or an emotional i should say like her emotions are going to over- supersede kind of the the intellectual component that that knows that the weight is supposed to go up seeing the body fat go up and down and up and down can be frustrating especially yeah. when you're not sure and so i would almost say measurements might be best like you know pick okay i want to gain inches most people want to gain inches on their biceps if they're trying to get stronger so you can you know you got your biceps measurement most people want to lose you know on the, on their hips or on their waist when they're trying to lose weight so you can kind of keep those measurements and then you, you can then see that so if if the areas where you'd like to build muscle um start growing a little bit in the areas that you'd like to lose some fat you know shrink a little bit then you know you're heading in the right direction so i might go with that but again no matter what it's got to be a person that you trust is going to do an accurate measure each time otherwise Mm -hmm. again you you run into that issue of like it may change a lot and sometimes not you know it's not not like i've had people with the bioelectrical impedance who like they lost five pounds, but then they saw that the body fat went up for whatever reason and then they freak out. So you just want to be careful. Oh, although the, the other opposite works too, where I've seen people gain weight, but then the body fat goes down. So they're like, Oh, this is great. I don't care. You know? So you just gotta be a little careful, especially if you know that you're kind of susceptible to your emotions, kind of, uh, dictating overtake. your, yeah. Like exactly. dictating your actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, cool. cool. All right. So we've got some studies to go over okay so we got a nutrition study and a fitness study Um, one very large study one very small so um this one is on the med so we've done a couple recently on the mediterranean diet so this one is um whether or not the mediterranean diet can help endurance and so they basically tested the mediterranean diet um which kind of is characterized by high amounts of fruits and vegetables nuts olive oils um they avoid things like red meat processed meat um, dairy, trans fats, and they compared it to Western diet, which is generally mm. low in fruits and vegetables, high in red meat and processed meat, high sodium, um, pro- lots of processed foods, lots of refined sugars, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and w- which one do you guys think produced the better results <laughs> for cardiovascular endurance? Mm, gee, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only seven. It was what uh, seven women and four men. It was a study by um, researchers at the University of St. Louis or St. Louis University. So, you know, you take it with a huge grain of salt. Um, but uh, what they did is they basically did two trials um, of a five k. Um, one trial was after four days of a Mediterranean style diet. One trial was after four days of a Western style diet. And um, so they found that basically, um, on average, they they performed six percent faster. Um, on the off after doing the Mediterranean diet, 
And they, you know, it, it's a little tricky with something like this because, um, you know, it, it's hard to kind of control for, you know, if you know you're eating, you, it's pretty easy to see which diet's healthier. And then just by that, you may, you may convince yourself that you're going to run better and then you actually do run better. So, you know, I've, again, you take it with a huge grain of salt on this one. But, um, you know, the, the measures that they did use to compare them were their heart rate and the rate of perceived exertion, which is kind of how hard you think you're working. And what they found basically was that the, they, they had a similar heart rate and rate of perceived exertion in each trial, but they ran 6% faster um, after the Mediterranean diet. So, you know, again, very small study. It kind of states the obvious, and even so, you're not going to you know, say, okay, oh, that's it. That settles it. The Mediterranean diet's better, but it's just an, an interesting one for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't find it interesting at all. In fact, I find it <laughs> stupid. I think it's one of the worst studies that you're we've wrong. ever had on here, and I'll tell you why. Because... <laughs> They've made the decision that what the Western diet is, right? So there are they Western diet, yeah, maybe it has more red meat, maybe it has more processed foods, but that's the how much of that is consumed is up to the is up to the person. And there are a lot of people in the West. There's a lot. Like there's a lot of people in the United States. There's a lot of people in Canada and in Europe, right? And now so is Europe considered the West? Right, is right. It's considered like a you know you often say Western countries. So like it's it's just it's it's stupid if you ask me. Right, like what a, you 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 can compare someone like Tony who eats it's you know tons of fruits and vegetables and n very little processed food and, and little sugar. Right, and you're gonna compare that to someone you know down the street who eats a ton of that. It's a really stupid. And it, it it's it it, it it achieves nothing. I, I think there, you're completely wrong. It, but I'll, I'll tell you what it, do you it, think before it, it achieves nothing. <laughs> well, so what about uh, to me a, a more reasonable uh, a more reasonable approach was to put it against something that was it was there was an intake of similar healthy foods but different foods. So maybe if you were consuming if you were consuming lots of fruits and vegetables, um, but one had more red meat. Or something like that. That would make more sense. Or one had more sugar, right? Even though they were consuming similar foods. But when you're consuming foods that are so drastically different, and you're making, you're, you're calling something the Western diet, mm. right? Which to me, that's the, my biggest issue with it. The Western diet. <laughs> the, the people who made the study d took it on themselves to create a diet, right? So. Uh, it, it just it to me it, it's it's stupid and it doesn't prove anything. Not to mention the fact that there's only eleven people in the study. The whole thing sounds like a farce to me. Okay. <laughs> Should I go for it? You want to go? Well, <laughs> so, okay. Oh god. Well, basically the West it doesn't matter what you say, Ryan. I'm going to edit it out. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Well, the Western diets they're basically just taking the general. It's just like the Mediterranean. In the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean diet is taking multiple cultures together, and um, there's plenty of people in the Mediter like that live in yeah, the Mediterranean. There's no one who made the Mediterranean. Right, who they eats don't junk exactly food. like. So they're basically just taking the general of like the trend of how people eat in the Mediterranean versus how people eat in West in the Western culture. Like, so it's it really is like the general thing. But I think I I see your point. I get what you're saying. Like. But it's yeah. also it's also a no shit Sherlock study. Well, That's yeah. what it should have been called. <laughs> well, so, okay. It should have been called the no shit Sherlock study. Right, so A, I said that. B Okay, so here's here's the situation. Here's where you're where you're completely wrong. Well, as Tony already said, like so 
Yes, there's no, quote, Western diet, but that's how it is with everything. There's yeah. no Western media, but we kind of know what media is well, like. Well, there's, Western there's no Western There's no Western. You go to Western <laughs> diner anywhere. Western well, outlet's like, pretty much the like, same Obviously, thing. when we're dealing with any any generalization, <laughs> you're talking about, like, you, you know, we, we talk about how dumb Americans are. Not all Americans are dumb. Most Americans might not be dumb, but there's a certain <laughs> amount that are kind of dumb. But, or, or not dumb, but ignorant of certain things because we're not educated a certain way, but some Americans are educated. Educated, you know, so like, or you know, like, of course, when we make generalizations. That's how you know that, that's how it's done. You have to do that. So obviously, you know, they're they're taking as what are what are aspects of what typical Western diets? They are low in fruits and vegetables. Yeah. They are high in red meat. Yeah. They are high in processed foods. That's just part of our diet. Obviously, not everybody eats the same. And if you live in like a cosmopolitan city like New York or, or San Francisco or LA, you're gonna you're gonna have far more people eating far healthier. But just go to the middle of the country, and and it, it changes quickly. You know, so so you know. Obviously, and, and and that's how studies are done. So now the other part is, you you we you know even I said it it is like a no shit Sherlock study, but at the end of the day, it's that's how research is done. And so we don't know what kind of funding they had. We don't know you know much you know. But let's say you have very little funding, but you have your hypothesis, which is so when we you know look very at, little well, funding, well, very okay, let me, well, few let people, let me, obviously, and let me explain. Right, so you have a situation where the Mediterranean diet has been pretty heavily researched um, for health purposes, yeah. which has been shown to be, you know, one of the healthier diets out there. Um, or even it's even hard to say diet because it's just the way people yeah, yeah. eat, right? Even Western diet, yeah, it's just generally the way people eat. But um, there hasn't been a lot of research on performance, so there's not a ton out there on how do people perform on that kind of a diet. Is that a type of diet I would want to give to my runners if I'm an athlete? If I'm a coach, should I recommend that type of diet to them, or do I have to make other dietary recommendations for their performance? So if you look and you're like, oh well, there's not a lot of research done. Ah, I'm a researcher. Let's start with something. We'll start with a small hypothesis that the Western diet is better for performance. Let's test it out. Okay, I've got a few people. We're going to do a very small study. Let's just see the results. Huh, interesting. The result's pretty good. You know, it's a small study, but I, you know, I got decent results. You, you mean Let the me Mediterranean finish. diet for Yeah, yeah. For so, so, so Mediterranean diet for performance. Okay. So, so here they have their hypothesis. They run a very small study. Obviously, they're not saying, oh, consensus. Now, you know, that's it. But you do, you, they run a little small, a small study. It's that like a seems, review. Yeah, and it seems to confirm that hypothesis so now you do another study and you make it more vigorous and you you add more variables you add it maybe you add a placebo group you there's you you add more people that's how stud that's how science is done so mm -hmm. you you have you generally you have to start small you think they're going to get funding for a study that you know you know deals with you know hundred thousand people or they, there's enough studies out there to do some kind of a review or you know you, like that's how you start that's how yeah. you do science so so to okay, call well, it stupid like that you know it, it's stupid it, it, there, there, there's um there, if you go through there's I forget the name of it if it's like the Ig Nobel Prize or if that's something else but like where they had these ridiculous <laughs> studies that are that on the face of it it just looks dumb like why would why do we need this but again that's how science is done and you you have okay, to start I, somewhere. I, I agree with starting somewhere but but if we're trying to prove that the Mediterranean diet is good for performance you need to put it up against at least a, a diet but that would be considered healthy by some standard and that most uh, um, whether you know most athletes or most people that are into you know a perform you know every every sport is performance based right but how many even middle tier athletes are going to eat 
uh, well, again, have listen, a terrible diet. Here's the so thing. Uh, to me, it would make much more sense. All right, how about a Western-style diet, but at least make it somewhat comparable with some he- with, with little healthy foods, right? To me, t- that's a di- listen, that tells a lot more about the uh, the efficacy I, of I the diet. No, I don't think so. so well, I do kind of. I think what he's saying is, is like once again, everything's in extremes, right? Yeah. So like, not most people aren't completely eating one way and completely the other way. A lot of people especially are eating in athletes. between. Yeah. yeah, especially athletes. Well, yeah, no. So I, I understand that, and obviously for future studies, that's something you would want to do. But let's say if you're if you're initially you're doing your initial study, it makes sense because what do, what if you're a, a coach or if you're dealing with athletes in the U.S. They're more likely than not going to be eating a Western style diet. So this it's a very simple study here. It's like, all right, I want to see the effectiveness of the Mediterranean diet. Instead of comparing it to a Western-ish diet, a Western light diet, or comparing it to some rent, it's like, okay, let's compare it to just what the normal person does here in the U.S. Very simple way to start your you know start it. And again, obviously, there's going to be dozens, hundreds more studies to come that you know fine tune it and 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 compare against different things. But I think as far, as far as like what's my first study? Let's just look at it compared to the normal, and then we go from there. So I, I yeah I see your point, but you know again there's kind of like there's a process, and so uh, yeah it is it is kind of as a lot of these studies are it confirms the obvious, but it gives you some base to start with, which is okay. uh, on this initial study it looks like it's not bad, and again it, 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 it's not finished. Maybe it turns out the Western diet's still better for performance, but. The, the, you know the point is you got to start somewhere, and you, we we can spend yeah. we can spend weeks figuring out okay what are we, we if we're going to conduct our own study, let's say we wanted to do a study on the effectiveness of uh, high intensity interval training, which is actually the next <laughs> interesting study, right? <laughs> well, let's say we're like we're going to conduct our own study. We got ten participants. We could spend months arguing over what parameters we want to work with. Do we want to take people who are you know do we want to compare interval training to people who do other kinds of training to non fit people to non athletes to athletes like, like you could spend forever trying to figure it out so you know i don't i don't think you it's necessary to critique that you might want to critique aspects of the study itself of the design um you know clearly it's small and, and but again they're 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 not making great claims with it you know it's just so, oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, so i think just, you know you can look at the design and criticize it um there, you know, there, there's plenty there but again I, you, know, you gotta kind of have to look at the scale and um if this was a massive study like let's say there was you know they this they they had forty thousand people participate in the study then I might say, okay, maybe you needed to be a little bit more strict, a little bit, you know, maybe the, you know certain parts. And, but no, it's a small study. Interesting result. Fits nicely into interesting study. Well, well, the most important thing for me for interesting I studies think it is fits that more it, into an uninteresting. Well, no, study. well, you're wrong because it got discussion. Because when I do, sometimes I do do these studies, and I, then okay, there's okay, no okay, discussion. Fair enough, fair enough. So anything else? Uh, we we'll, we'll we'll continue this debate for the uh, for another time. <laughs> All right, so this one's on inter- interval training, uh, that it may cut more weight. Um, okay, so it compares basically the how much weight people lose doing interval training versus doing kind of continual, continuous lower or moderate intensity cardiovascular activity. So this was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. So for this one, researchers um, kind of took data from a number of studies. I think it was 41 studies that totaled um, over 1,000 people, 1,100 people. Now... In this case, they compared. They were using only studies that compared interval training to regular. I think if it was uh, the other group that did the study, it would be comparing uh, who's healthier: <laughs> people who do interval training compared to people who play video games. Oh, <laughs> so the people, the, the group that did interval training, it was found out that they lost, you know, twelve percent more weight. They had a better heart rate, right? So that's what they yeah. found, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Um, 
Yeah, I'm glad you're not leading any case studies. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, researchers took data from uh, uh, studies comparing interval training and long cardio. So it wasn't, you know, they were, weren't separate. They each, each one compared the two. And the studies were of at least four weeks. So they wanted to determine what's more effective, you know, longer steady state cardio or, in, you know, high intensity interval training. Um, and what they found was that both so both reduced weight and body fat so no matter which one you do you're you're likely going to reduce weight and body fat obviously there before you jump in and start telling me how you got to eat well and all this stuff obviously there are other variables say that. I wasn't but say that. It, generally both are going to reduce weight and body well, fat. i like this study but while they found that the body fat change was effectively the same um you know among uh, uh, in this review um interval training actually had a 28.5 greater or 28.5 percent greater reduction in average weight so they actually found that interval training was more effective for weight loss um and then to go even further sprint training had an even greater effect on weight loss um but you know then there are other variables to consider so for example with sprinting you have to consider you know um physical capabilities age um there's then the risk of like you know there's injury risk cardiovascular stress so there are other things to consider but um based on this review at least um they found that that high intensity interval training was more effective uh, for weight loss than kind of longer duration cardio now is that because so question Say you were to do two hours of a very low. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, like what's the con- what's the? Is it like so you're saving the, time, or is it because yeah. your heart rate's going up and that's burning more fat? Ah, uh, that so that's a good question. So the problem with this is since it's a review of kind of literature, each study is going to kind of tackle it from a different perspective so you mm-hmm. know some of the studies may be looking at like a tabata style high intensity thing where others might be looking at like a you know a 30 second on two minute off thing mm-hmm. and then same thing with the cardio some might be looking at a an hour long thing versus um, others that might be looking at 40 minutes or um, an hour and a half so it's a little tricky I, you know there we're not sure why you know what the reason is for the weight loss you know I would, you know, in general with the interval training, it's a qual, you know, it's kind of a quality over quantity type of thing. So I think that there are a few things going on. I think one is it, it, it increases, and this is my, you know, just opinion, but, you know, increases your metabolism, which is going to help a little bit, you know, as far as burning on the rebound. So like once you're done, once you're done with the exercise, right. you're burning a little bit more post-workout. But I think beyond that, to me, it's more a function of you're getting more fit doing the high intensity interval training. So if you're, the more fit you get, the more likely you are to continue. So I think, you know, it, on a micro level, which I'd be interested in seeing studies. You mean continue being consistent? Y- well, like, so, or so I, you know, I'm sure there's studies on this, like kind of on a micro level, how many, um, how much are you burning per bout of exercise? You know, if you do a four-minute super intense bout of Tabata, is that going to burn as much as doing an hour on the treadmill? Probably not. I but okay. that that four-minute bout, longer term, may get you more fit. You know, so there's certain kind of you, you know your VO2 max increases. Um, you're going to become stronger. There, so there there are a lot of benefits to the high intensity interval training that are not just weight loss, but actually kind of your your overall fitness level. And so the and just the more fit you become the more likely you are to keep, you know, kind of keep up and keep doing it. So, you know, I would be interested in seeing, you know, is, you know, is it, you know, because the weight loss that you, that they sustain, we all, we both, we all know, like the, you know, weight loss is more the diet than anything else. So you can eat those calories back pretty quickly. And so that's why we don't, we try not to teach people to lose weight on the treadmill. You know, the, the, their benefits to cardio that aren't, you know, the weight loss is minimal compared to the, the actual diet. So I just think that the, it's more about, 
the high intensity interval training being more effective mode of exercise. It's shorter. It's less time. It's less time consuming. Um, and there are a lot of things that go with it that go, you know, that will lead to the weight loss. So the weight loss is kind of an ancillary benefit. It's not the direct, you know, it's like mm-hmm. not, not a direct result of it. Um, but again, that's kind of my opinion to an extent. I mean, I want to look at, but it would be interesting to see like how much do you lose doing, you know, does the average person lose again, doing an hour of, you know, moderate cardio versus doing a, let's say a 10 minute bout of mm-hmm. you know high intensity interval training. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely think it's also person specific, like yeah. anything in the sense of like, um, recovery time. Like yeah. I know when I do lots of cardio for me, my body takes a lot longer to recover when I do more. I don't know why my body just is like, it's, it's, it's cardio is exhausting yeah. to me. Maybe I'm not fueling properly cause it could be nutrition related. Like, um, but I definitely think that people's bodies respond to different sorts of activities differently and i think that will go along with like if you're consistent with it that's obviously how you're going to get the best results yeah and you know there's the the challenge with interval training is always that the intensity is so high that it's not for everyone right but you spend such little time doing it that you lose that for a lot of people the time of exercise is an obstacle right and so you kind of you know weighing those together if you're able to do the high intensity training you get all the benefits of it plus you you don't have to spend as much time on it yeah um and i also think that the recovery is a little bit easier from high intensity training because you're not doing it's not the rep there's not a lot of repetitions like Mm -hmm. i found for me too when i'm you know if i was training for a fight like i didn't do i never do long bouts of cardio but when i would train i would do you know i'd run and um I felt it was exhausting the day after my long run where I could do sprints, you know, pretty fast and at pretty high level and I'll feel fine the next day. Yeah. You know, and the psychology of it is work. like you said, like, all right, I got 20 minutes. Yeah. I got to yeah. <laughs> put it in 20 minutes exactly. and I'm out. And yeah. I and agree. so if you can deal with that <laughs> mental yeah. issue, um, it, it, it's ma- it's much, much more manageable. I agree. All right, cool. So uh, anything else to add before we get into our main discussion point yeah, an yeah. hour into the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, that, that there's a study like that brings a lot of, about a lot of questions, but it definitely it's a good. I think it's um, yeah, that, it, that adds some valuable uh, knowledge. For Un- us. Unlike the first one. Unlike the first one. <laughs> when it sounds too good to be true, when you're really not sure just what you should do. Look around, chances are you're on BS Corner. That's Bone Corner. Okay, so I was in Times Square the other day, and like many native New Yorkers, we try to avoid Times Square like the plague. Ryan, do you like going to Times Square? Uh, no, I hate it. Yeah, like we, we don't like it for the, any any number of reasons. But while I was there, I think it was for, I had a meeting or something for work, and I, I look up and there is a an enormous one of those video billboard type things or one that changes its, I, I don't know what we even call it, some sort of billboard. And it showed, it, it looked like a Calvin Klein commercial where you had beautiful models. Everyone was in their 20s and 30s. Like one guy had his shirt open. You could see his ripped abs. One woman was in, looked like um, uh, like a sports bikini type deal. And um, what, 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 do you, what do you, is it, what's the proper, is that like a, is that, does that exist type what? thing? Like a, it, it was sort of like a bikini, but it looked like it was an athletic style. Like you have clothing. Like, what would you? Is there a proper term for that tone? Um, <laughs> like, 
I don't know. It would be a sports bra and like a sports bra and something. It was it was clearly <laughs> yeah. There there it, there wasn't there the woman wasn't dressed very much, but she was in in great shape, and it was clear that she was. And everyone in the uh, everyone in the uh, everyone in the ad was like a young and good looking and really in shape and really healthy. And you could. It was, it was very clear that that's what it was. And then if you look what the ad was for, it was for pistachios. And it was basically saying pistachios, I- I- implying that you can, it's a healthy food for you to eat. And I'm thinking, all right, well, we know pistachios is a healthy food. And it certainly can be incorporated into a diet where you could look like that. Mm-hmm. But of course, looking like that has nothing to do with whether you eat pistachios or not. Right. So I just found it to be so ridiculous that you could, it, it was over the top. Like if you want to say, all right, pistachios is a, is a healthy food that you should eat it, f- you know, fine. But I think they went so far, it was bordering on ridiculous mm-hmm. to think, you know, for anyone to think that by just, just eating, you know, by eating pistachios means you look like that. Yeah. I think this is the dumbest BS corner ever. No. <laughs> no. Ryan was waiting for that. Uh, he was waiting, waiting to put that. it no. down. To put it down. <laughs> no, definitely, um, because what's going to happen is, is someone's going to see that now and they're going to put pistachios on everything and not do anything else, change anything else about their diet, not change their exercise and just eat pistachios and hope that they get a six pack. Yes. I mean, yeah. Or do you think that anyone, I mean, are people going to do that? Or do you think people are going to say, that, or do you think some people are going to say, this is ridiculous. I know that eating pistachios mm, aren't I'm sure some people both, will, yeah. but. I mean, if you're that dumb to put pistachio, pistachios on everything, you're probably not vaccinating your kids. So. Oh my <laughs> God, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of hate now. But no. So according to them, if I eat pistachio <laughs> ice cream, then I'll look like that. Well, no, but don't even joke though. That is something that people will perceive yeah. now, and uh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Actually, it goes into our list of foods. I could maybe I don't know. Yeah. Can we segue? Yeah, because I have a I have a thought about that actually. Yeah. So yeah. well, we know nuts in look, general can be very healthy, but they are it's high in fat and and, and calories, and they they could be healthy, mm-hmm. but it ha- it has to be part of an overall. I think it's diet. it's marketing mm-hmm. unless they're saying that pistachios which we see often with marketing campaigns like unless they're actually saying that like it's associated with you know a longer life or with getting a six pack or something like it's marketing it's like like wearing calvin Klein, you know whatever you know brand you know you know does their clothes like they're showing you really attractive in shape people that doesn't mean that by wearing that clothes you're going to look like that and it's it's doing effectively the same thing so it's just using you know it's oh, no, doing it's what everybody's done ever so uh, sure, ironically then, no no it's doing whatever it's done it's just it's but i and then i'm we're going to call it out yeah, just like we would but, but ridiculous I, advertisements but it's not i mean it's it's advertising i think, it's, I think all any advertising like that you can look at it as ridiculous or you can look at it as it's marketing and it's it's in times square i, I mean yeah, but this happens to be one that's involving your health. Yeah, right? but what, so does McDonald's when McDonald's um, does their advertising, they always have good-looking people on their. Yeah, ads, but they like, don't do advertise they... it as a, as something that you can eat to look 
to yeah, look like but that. I don't know. I, I, I'm like, it's marketing. Of That's course what they it do. is. Look, like, no question. People can market things however they want as long as they're not making claims. No, that but are, are they make? Uh, did they make any claims in the ad? No, but the, okay. the implication was that you're going to look it, like though? that. Absolutely. Really? You don't, uh, I 100%. Because it was like, it said the healthy food, like even some, they might even mention something about being guilt-free or Which the healthy is, food, like stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know. Well, also there's the opposite of that. Like I remember like, you know, growing up in the 90s, like Britney Spears would be like with Pepsi and it's mm-hmm. like she would have this body and drinking pepsi and like it's like as if you can drink all the pepsi you want and have this and like no you can't yeah. like <laughs> so it's like the opposite right it's just all over the place and that's why we have so many like it's yeah. so confusing i mean the, yeah the, there's a larger issue of of um or beer deceptive like, marketing yeah that yeah i, I mean that, that's but, a problem in, in itself but it's our job but to, it's to help yeah. people realize that you know and, and a lot of our listeners already know that but you never know. Just if they're showing beautiful people in a commercial, telling you that if you eat something, you know, implying that you could look like well, that let, through this food. Get real. Like, like they mm. could be they could be advertising kale, and it would still be misleading because you're still not going to look like that I unless agree. you're exercising. I agree. Yeah. Okay, but I, I agree. So anytime, like, so so we you just have so to. If look- well, it's about t- the whole health, the whole topic we're going to talk about today. It's like foods getting these health halos and claiming to be like the answer to your solutions or just like these conceptions of like they're really good for you or maybe they're not good for you. But either way, it doesn't we know one food doesn't make or break the diet. So as uh, as somebody who and I guess I'll post this to both of you because I know Justin was saying the other day, like how he's fairly libertarian. Would you want laws to restrict advertising like that? Uh, no, I think that advertising. So okay. I think it's hundred percent okay for them to do they it. They just need to be called out by us. I, I say, yeah, you could you feel free to advertise however you want, as long as you don't make uh, bogus claims. Okay. Right, but if you're gonna, but just understand, you're gonna advertise like that, you're gonna get called out by the by people like us. And our ten listeners, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's ten less people that are going to buy pistachios. Actually, I think I'm going to go buy pistachios. They're pretty yummy. I actually do like pistachios. I like pistachio ice cream too, more than I like pistachios. All right. Well, so I guess we can. Say anything to add to that? Tony? No. Let's get into. Okay, so we it. could segue into our episode, which is um, foods with fo- food halos. Um, so basically, foods that are that. Maybe we think are healthier than they are. And they could be some foods that are just outright unhealthy or some that are not bad for you, but they get a, a, you know, they get a reputation as being far more, more healthy than, than um, they really are. So, um, yeah, so I guess why don't you start? What, what would you say is, what's the worst culprit? I want to say the worst culprit, but the one that definitely comes to mind is I think when people first start Wait, wait, so what is the worst culprit? I don't really have a worst, <laughs> like, culprit. I just definitely, like... Um, pre-made smoothies or juicing so a lot of people will go to they're trying to eat healthier so they'll go to you know um the store they'll see like like um you know naked smoothies or cold pressed juice or whatever and they go to grab those and they don't look on the bottle on the bottle and they realize that even like a green smoothie for example where it claims to be mostly vegetables like the first ingredient is apples and not that apples are not bad right but what happens is, is they take to get into that whole bottle of a smoothie they have to take a lot of apples a lot of oranges a lot of bananas they maybe put some greens in there they have to mix it all up and put it in there and what ends up happening is it's mostly just the sugar some of those bottles have like 56 grams of sugar which is equivalent to like a 20 ounce bottle of coca-cola yes you're getting vitamin a and vitamin c you're getting nutrition there but you're getting so much sugar you're losing the dietary fiber which is the benefit to consuming all those fruits and vegetables and you're consuming maybe 250 calories and not even feeling full from it 
And if you were to have actually used that money, spent it by buying fruits and vegetables and left them in their whole form, you would have eventually felt full and it would have helped with your satiety. Uh, if your goal is weight loss or just general healthy eating um, or improved energy, like you'll do much better if you actually eat whole pieces of fruit or have something like, you know, um, vegetables on your plate. Like there's no reason why we need to continuously juice or put our fruits and vegetables into a smoothie form. Well, well what about making, if you were to make your own like you were and to buy so, an apple and some kale right so when you make your own it's a little better because then you can measure your portions of it um and you can balance it out so when it comes to having like if you're having it as a meal replacement you definitely want to make sure there's some sort of protein in there and think a lot of people will just put together um you know they'll throw in some fruit and maybe some spinach and like water or unsweetened almond milk or something and they call that a breakfast Honestly, for me, that would be more like a snack. Um, it's not really filling and, and satiating. And once again, it doesn't really have much substance there. Um, versus like if you wanted to make it a meal, then you want to make sure that you're having things like maybe um, a mil- like milk that has protein. So cow's milk or soy milk or using a protein powder or maybe a yogurt, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and then make sure you're measuring your fruit like maybe a cup of fruit and like a cup of spinach, like a cup of berries and a cup of spinach versus just like a banana and and blueberries and um, apples and a little bit of spinach. And it's like mostly fruit and not vegetables where we really, uh, you know, we should be consuming more vegetables than we do fruit. Um, so that's kind of what I would say. It's like you're definitely better off making it from home. If you're going to buy something, take a look at the the serving size. A lot of those juices and smoothies, there's like three or four servings in a bottle. So here you are thinking you're having, oh, I'm having like nine grams of sugar, but really you're having 55 grams of sugar because there's multiple servings in the bottle. Great. So now what about... Um granola bars those are healthy right yeah that's a great one and and uh, and i'm gonna be really honest with you guys like so i started my own journey you know before i went to school to become a registered dietitian i was in high school doing this on my own and i mean i went from a pop tart to a nature valley granola bar and that's still an improvement right Mm -hmm. you know but also a granola bar really is once again it's going to be um even though it's granola, you would think it's like a whole grain. And so there would be fiber in there. If you take a look at something like a Nature Valley bar, the fiber is minimal. I think it's like two grams. It's a lot of sugar. The sugar's in double digits, right? So I always tell people to try to keep their sugars less than 10 grams per serving. Um, the serving size is two bars. And you think that, I mean, it's one bar and you end up having two bars. So you have like, you know, it ends up being mostly sugar, a little bit of fat, not much protein. And it's not really ideal or even something like... Um, you know, a hundred calorie, like chewy bars or something like that. You know, the, there's mostly like they can have like chocolate or raisins and it ends up once again, mostly sugar, not much dietary fiber, not really filling or satiating. Um, and so it's not always going to be the best alternative. However, I will say if you were someone like me who used to have pop tarts as a snack and now you're having a granola bar, okay, you're making an improvement. Um, but there's definitely better options. Maybe something like a kind bar where it has, uh, it's more like nuts and seeds and a little bit of chocolate. So there is some sugar there, but not too much. Um, that could be a better alternative. So, um, a couple things about that. What about if you were to just get plain granola? Like you're like you want and you want you want something like that, mm-hmm. but you just buy a raw granola. I don't know, raw granola or just plain granola. Yeah. So Is there's so option? many very there's so many varieties, and that's a really great question. Um, in in general. Traditionally, granola tends to be very similar, weighted kind of higher in sugar and fat. Um, now, is that I, is there added? Is that 
added sugar? Yes. Or okay. Yeah, so they usually you add. So then they have that is very low sugar. Yes, you can. Um, but in general, the serving size, if you take a look of granola, it's very it's calorically dense, meaning that like a serving size might be a quarter cup, and it could be 150 calories. Most people aren't having a quarter cup. If you look at the palm of your hand, you know your fist size is one cup, so a quarter cup would be like kind of the tops of your fingertips. It's not much. So what? But people hear granola is good, and what they do is they have it like as their cereal and they make a bowl they have like a bowl of cereal so they're having like 500 600 calories worth of granola um and that's not really what we want to be doing versus like having granola can be great especially for athletes uh, people who are trying to gain weight in a healthy way it actually can fit but the thing is it's like you know, you have to think about what your goals are. So someone who is trying to lose weight that wants a little crunch, that wants something that's a little healthy, but it's don't think it's the, like the best thing for you. Sprinkling that on top of like your yogurt or with some fruit can be a great thing to add. But having it as like a bowl of cereal, chances are um, you're probably overdoing it uh, with the sugar and the fats. So speaking of cereal, um, there, you know, I find that some you know, yeah, there, there are some that are supposed to be healthy, some that are not uh, clearly like Frosted Flakes is not very healthy, mm-hmm. but um, there are some that, you know, I've heard. What do you mean? They're about. great. <laughs> <laughs> I got teased. You know, my name is Tony. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Tony the Tiger, sixth grade. Yeah. Never forget it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, look, it's either that or it's Justin Time or George Ryan or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We all get something. Something. Yeah. <laughs> just incredible. There was a wrestler well, named that, that, I came up with that one. Well, no, there was a pro wrestler. I know, I know. So that's when everyone every references says like Justin Time or Justin Case. I always say, look, I prefer just incredible. Thank you. <laughs> right, so anyway, um, tell us about cereals. Like what, what are, are there healthy cereals? Are there mm-hmm. not? Um, are, is it bad like me where you find a healthy cereal, but then you have like 18 servings of it? Like what, what were you saying about? <laughs> well, serving size is always, I mean, that's a whole, like serving size and portion size is always dependent on the person and the goal. Um, in general, the, the more boring flavored ones are going to be better for you. So, you know, um, basically what I tell people, a good cereal guideline is to read um, what the, the sugar is. So we never want the sugar to be in double digits, like I said. Um, so under 10 grams per serving, the fiber should be at least three grams. So a lot of times these cereals will claim to be whole grain, like Lucky Charms, for example. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole grain cereal, but you know, the fiber oh, isn't funny. at that point and the sugar's totally up there. Um, so it's not really like a great option. Things like raisin bran, the raisins are coated in sugar and raisin as a dried fruit is naturally has sugar. There's no reason why we have to coat those, those raisins in sugar. So yes, if you're going from... Listen, I was a Frosted Flakes girl. I love Frosted Flakes. They were my favorite. So, but I recognized, I learned, like, you know, when I was young, I started reading labels. The sugar was there. So I would do like half Frosted frosted Flakes, half Corn Flakes, or like half Cheerios, let's say. Um, And then I would slowly start to then go from Honey Nut Cheerios with regular Cheerios to just regular Cheerios. Now, I would say your best bet is to get the kind of boring bland cereals, maybe add some ground cinnamon fresh fruits you're adding a natural sugar that has the fiber um and yes read the serving size read make sure you're consuming what you actually think you're consuming are are you of the belief that generally the hot cereals are a little better because they don't have not the ones with the prepackaged, you know with the sugar in them but just like straight oatmeal or uh you know some sort of uh, cream of wheat that has no sugar in it right so, so yeah so usually uh, so that's a good point oatmeal is a great one I have a lot of people that tell me that they eat oatmeal in the morning and I find out that they're eating the ones that are like peaches and cream or which 
I did this too. I think back at it when I was in high school, I was really trying. And like, once again, I went from having like a croissant to a sugar laden oatmeal. So I think a sugar laden oatmeal is actually better than a croissant, but still not great. So you learn and you read and you apply and you change. But yes, yeah, so usually plain is usually best, but then oatmeal is going to be better than farina because of the dietary fiber. Mm. Um, or yeah, I would say, or like, um, what do I, what do I eat now? It's really good. I can't, it's like, it's a mixture of like quinoa flakes mm-hmm. and brand, you know, it's like sure. a mixture of stuff. Um, but yeah, so plain is obviously always going to be the healthiest, but that doesn't mean it needs to be boring. Like you can sweeten it in natural ways. Like the thing is with even things like honey, right? It's a natural sweetener, but it's still sugar, but at least you can control how much you put in and you can see it versus just like getting something that has sugar already in it. It's more or less being knowledgeable and in control of your food. So speaking of other like, kind of blandish things that we add lots of sugar to make it more palatable, how's, how about yogurt? Oh, yeah. So well, yogurt, there's so many different varieties. Very similar to c- the cereal aisle is a whole aisle. When you go to buy yogurt, it, there's like cases and cases and cases of different options. Um, a lot of most of the time, especially actually, I would say like your yogurt alternatives for people who are um, dairy free like so that are soy based or almond based or coconut based those tend to have a ton of sugar um either a lot of fat or um no protein and it honestly it ends up being more of like a dessert i would say than it should be actually like something you would snack on so same thing very similar to the oatmeal or like the hot cereals and stuff plain is usually best so i usually recommend plain greek yogurt to most of my clients um and then i have them sweeten it naturally with fresh fruit ground cinnamon maybe a little bit of um like a nut butter like peanut butter almond butter something like that um and so yeah so sort it's of a little bit more what about tart, those but what about those yogurts that have the uh the, the fruit underneath it the, so the fruit on the bottom that's a great question they tend to usually also have like a syrup to it so that's what we would call added sugar i will say though if you're used to having um in the middle of the day like cake and cookies and you go for a, a yogurt that has the fruit in the bottom still a better option and at least there is some calcium vitamin d probiotics protein so in that situation not the worst thing also probably post-workout that would be an excellent snack to have because at that point you do want that kind of quick energy sugar sugar source with the protein so post-workout it could be a great option um but any other time of the day not so nice to just get plain yogurt and put in fresh fruit Right, might be a better option even yeah, than but that. Sometimes you don't have the well, time. but that's true. Well, that's true. yeah, you might not have the time to do it, but yeah, yeah. that would be ideal. Um, but also, but like, but but post workout, actually, you want the simple sugar. So like that, actually, yeah. I mean, fresh fruit would be good too. But um, the mm-hmm. fact that it's kind of in a syrup is going to be more utilized by the body. And then, what about Justin's favorite thing in the world, froyo? Frozen yogurt. Oh my gosh, I used to eat that a lot too. You learn so much. <laughs> you learn so much. Um, so frozen yogurt. So yeah, it will be uh, probably a little bit lower in fat and sugar than say ice cream. Um, but in general, it, it's still uh, it still has a lot of sugar. It's still a sweet treat. So not that you can't have it, but you still want to just because it's frozen yogurt doesn't mean you get a large. Right. You just get it. You still get um, either a small or a mini size or whatever it is. Um, And then your toppings, 
careful of your toppings just because you're having froyo and it's a little bit better than ice cream doesn't mean you can now top it with you know <laughs> gummy bears and that's what i do chocolate chips and cookie dough caramel so syrup. I do, i'll do cookie dough gummy bears um the nutella topping and then those like hazelnut wafers because i can't get enough hazelnut. um yeah and i don't think all not all froyo is created equal too if you go and you, you go to the places they have froyo that is 80 calories a serving and the ca- froyo that is 160 or 200 calories yeah but a the serving. ones that are usually are better for you don't taste as good yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just i like the, one, the plain ones i like the, I like the sort of plain it's one, similar but. to <laughs> the other stuff but yeah no, that's true. I just want people to be where it's like, I remember honestly, like when I was in high school, I would have frozen yogurt for lunch thinking I was having a better option. Like I really did. But also that was what I was taught. So no, there was two, around me. There are two things that people kind of buy, you know, that they use as like, oh, well, I had this, so it must not be that bad. Um, one is salad, which um, we hear people say all the time. Well, I had a salad, you know, I, you know, I had a bacon cheeseburger and I had a salad so uh, maybe this is a different subject but almost like a do salads have a negative effect so can you eat a salad to make up for your french fries um and then b can you have like you know not all salads I guess are created equal um but also people do the same thing with wraps like they'll say you know oh well you know I had a wrap I didn't have a sandwich so I you know I had a you know I had a turkey club or whatever but I, it was a wrap it wasn't a sandwich mm-hmm. so maybe you could talk about salads and wraps and whether or not they're they, they can be unhealthy absolutely well I'll start with wraps just because it's easy so a lot of people think that that, um, like you said, wraps are better than having a sandwich. But actually, a lot of like wrap tortilla wraps actually have uh, more carbohydrates than like two slices of bread would. It's very similar to like a bagel. So it doesn't make it good or bad. It just think you want to be mindful of that your portions and your calories are probably going to be larger when you use a wrap versus having like two slices of whole grain bread or whole wheat bread are going to be a better alternative. On about you could also do a lettuce wrap where lettuce becomes your wrap. You could do that. <laughs> you can do that. But so when it comes to salads, I mean that there's so many ways to create a salad, and just the term salad doesn't make it healthier or not, right? I think we talked about this a couple, like maybe two years ago when I had first was I first on the podcast. I remember like at the salad, place of my instance. work, like there was someone and she was eating her lunch, and she literally it was just like ranch dressing and iceberg lettuce. And like, that's not a salad. Yeah, technically it's a salad, but a salad really should be colorful, a myriad of colorful, um, different nutrient dense foods that are coming together. So that could be, I mean, and that could, doesn't even have to have lettuce, honestly. You could have a quinoa salad, right? But in general, if you wanted to build a healthy salad, let's say with lettuce there, then the darker the greens, the better. Um, you know, throwing in lots of your non-starchy vegetables like peppers and cucumbers and like um, cucumbers and tomatoes. That's going to be great. Your dressing definitely matters. You want to do maybe like olive oil based or like um, something kind of fresh, maybe lemon juice. If you're going to use hummus, I do that a lot. I'll make my own dressing really quick. I'll do like a little bit of hummus that gives it that creaminess um and lemon juice and maybe a little bit of like red wine vinegar so there's a bunch of different ways to do a salad um you want to definitely be careful of the things like the dressings um adding every little bit does add up right so we add a little bit of like bacon bits here maybe some eggs here maybe some cheese here maybe some guac here maybe you know and then you have that and you have a wrap that's like two meals Maybe even three, because sometimes the wraps, like I said, they're like, oh, it's lots of bread. So you just want to be careful. You want to be like mindful of like what's going in your salad. Um, is it balanced? Is it lean? 
Um, and are you having it as a side or are you having it as your meal? And that's going to dictate what you put in it. Cool. Um, all right. So then there was, uh, well, we still have a few more, um, dried fruits. So, uh, you know, again, I don't get enough fruit intake and I actually do this sometimes. Huh? <laughs> this is more just cause I'm lazy, but I'll grab dried fruit. So what's, what's wrong with that? Or is so there anything there's wrong nothing with wrong with it. You just have to be mindful. No, 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 no. There's something wrong with it. Tell Ryan he's being bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> So the thing is with very similar, like I was saying earlier, like to get a cup of juice or to get a cup like a smoothie made, right? You have to take a, you have to probably to get a cup of orange juice. So one cup of orange juice, you need about three or four oranges and to get out a cup worth of juice. But you would never really eat three or four oranges at one time because at that point you would feel full and it would, you know, you wouldn't want to have it anymore. Um, When it comes to fruit, it's basically like raisins, for example, you're going to have to take a cup of grapes to shrivel it up to get a quarter cup of raisins. And so the carbohydrates and the sugar is the same in a cup of grapes versus a quarter cup of raisins. The problem is, is most people don't just have a quarter cup of raisins. And now here they are like, are you going to gain weight? And you're going to like, is it the worst thing if you have an extra serving of raisins or even an extra servings of grapes? Absolutely not. However, it depends on what your goal is. And it's important to, you know, pay attention to how the amount of what you're having. And so raisins would be another thing that I would say would be more of like a sprinkle in your oatmeal or into your salad. Um, but you don't want to just be having handful of raisins. Cool. And uh, what about uh, reduced fat muffins? Oh, my God. I did this. So when I was in high school, I started changing my eating habits and I didn't really read labels at first. At first, I just did what I thought would be better. Um, so, you know, I knew that I, I, they, I used to get blueberry muffins from Dunkin' Donuts. I love muffins. Yeah, they are amazing. And the blueberry muffins, by the way, there's blueberries, so it has to be good for you. So, <laughs> but the tops are like coated with sugar. But so I was like, okay, let me get a reduced fat blueberry muffin. That would be better. So I did that for a while. Then I started to read the what was inside of the muffin and just muffins in general. Um, and I was I found and it, it's, it's true. Uh, muffins usually have a lot more sugar and fat um, and they're not filling. So it's not like there's a lot ton of fiber. Um, and sometimes you're actually better off having a donut than you are having a muffin. If you're going to have a treat, it's honestly it's like this. It's perceived as like a breakfast option, but it's really a dessert. It's like cake. Yeah, muffin is just another. It's word like for cake. yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so whether it's reduced fat or you know full fat or whatever, a muffin is a muffin. It's like ice cream and frozen yogurt. Like yeah. yeah, the one's a little bit better than the other, but they're still considered a sweet treat. So, um, I remember one time when we Ryan and I were was in high school when we were in high school. And um, I'm sure we had eaten something. We had probably gone and eaten, you know, a, a pie, a pizza pie between the two of us or maybe bacon cheese, something like that. And, and Ryan's brother was with us. And uh, I remember we were at some place. I don't remember. I went, we went into a grocery store afterwards to get something to drink or gum or something. And I remember your brother saying, uh, wait, this is healthy, right? And after we had already eaten some ridiculous meal, right, and he was holding up a bran muffin. He's like, this is healthy, right? I'm going to eat this. So we bought the bran muffin and, you know. The idea of canceling food canceling out. Yeah. Oh, you know what just popped up into my mind? Whole grain cookies. Oh well, uh, well that was my well the next thing, I guess you could talk about whole grain cookies and then multi. Because he said bran bran muffin, which yeah technically would be a little bit better than the other ones, right? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't but, cancel out. But like it, the, it's the six still six slices a of pizza you just it's ate. Still, not yeah not <laughs> either no. But also too like I see a lot of people like the, oh it's a whole wheat cookie so 
still a cookie. Yeah. It's better. <laughs> and especially also, too, like if you make this stuff from scratch versus yeah. you buy it without the, like still better for you. I'm all for it. Um, It's just there. It's all about portion control, to be honest, because their sweets are sweets and they're not supposed to be consumed in large quantities. And, and about that, you've seen uh, over the last uh, maybe 10 years or so uh, this um, influx of n- different types of sweeteners, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm talking about artificial sweeteners, which is a whole other deal. But uh, stuff that is l- l- lesser glycemic index. So coconut palm sugar is a, is a popular mm-hmm. one. And they'll advertise it as lower, less calories than sh- than white sugar, than refined sugar, or lower glycemic index. So, all right, maybe it's a better, maybe it's a s- somewhat better option, but this is what I always thought about that. It's still sugar. Correct. Right? Even things Any like honey. Yeah. Look at it. Yep, agave right? nectar. And if you, to make your food as sweet, it's going to require more sh- of that type of sugar because generally those sugars are not as sweet as refined sugar. Right. So to achieve the same taste would require more sugar, which almost negates the calorie. Yes. Right. So if you're going to have, you could, couldn't you conceivably just use less refined white sugar? Yeah. So it always, I always thought that was funky that, oh, you're eating, it's le- it's not white sugar. It's not refined sugar, right? It's coconut palm sugar or whatever, anything else, but it's still, it go. It still functions the same totally. way. Totally. And it, and couldn't you just eat less sugar? Yeah, you absolutely could. Also, that just made me think of people um, believing that sugar in the raw, because it it has it basically sugar in the raw versus refined sugar. Basically, sugar in the raw has molasses around it, and it's just a coating of color, and they're removing that, and that's it's still sugar. It's still sugar. If you so, like the taste of it. That's a different, you yeah, know, use or, it for that reason, or but it's I not healthier. Like, I used to like putting it on my iced coffee and I liked eating, eating and being able to chew the crystals when I was in high school and I had all these sugar. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so that, I mean, that was my preference, but, but, but the sugar is the sugar. The like you're still sugar. having the same amount of sugar per teaspoon as you would, whether it be refined or whole. Cool. So now, um, and then what about like whole grain bread or multi, sorry, multi-grain bread? multi So yeah, so, so we hear that, um, Okay, so multi-grain bread, multi-grain bread or multi-grain products really just means multi, meaning many grains. So it could be a lot of many grains could be in there, and they could be mostly refined grains. It doesn't necessarily make it whole grain. So whenever you're make, you want to make sure that you're you're getting a whole grain product. You want to make sure you're reading the label. Does that mean multi-grain things can be whole grain? Yes, but it also doesn't guarantee that it is. So you don't want to just go by what the front of the package says. You always want to read the nutrition facts label. And the purpose of eating things that are whole grain or if you want a healthy, something that's healthy, that's multi-grain, is you want that dietary fiber. So we want the fiber to be at least three grams per serving, whether it's a slice of bread or um, you know maybe a cereal or something like that. Um, four grams of fiber per serving or more would be ideal, but at least three grams, I would say. Or just take two different options and like compare. So if you have two pieces of bread, one could be whole grain or one could be multigrain, which one per serving has more fiber, you might want to go that route. Cool. And then um, what about uh, a few more here? I'm trying to figure out which one's best. Uh, Turkey bacon. Turkey bacon. Okay. So well, bacon in general, I would say a lot of people have the perception that if they add bacon to their sandwich they're adding protein but really they're adding fat um and so you're adding taste and right? taste yeah <laughs> that's what so you're it's, adding nothing it's not, it's not and, really and things that are not healthy yeah so um and then also bacon does have this 
per like it's um you know it's a processed food so it can, there's things like they people believe it's like linked to cancer and it, it honestly we, we know with anything there's not one food or one food that makes or breaks the diet is it a processed food does most of it contain nitrates usually can you get one that's nitrate free yes you can with that being said you're going to have things like bacon is made from pork which is pig then they'll get a turkey bacon which tends to be leaner so it'll have less fat however it tends to turkey bacon usually ends up they you'll see the sodium ends up being higher to compensate for flavor um and all those other factors that i just talked about possibly being really processed lots of nitrates mostly fat like still there it still doesn't really similar to the frozen yogurt and the ice cream or the the regular muffin and the reduced fat muffin and the cookies and the whole great like you know it's it's not that much of a difference so i would just say it depends on what your goal is and if you're having it then you still don't want to have like tons of it um but yeah so going from regular bacon to reduce that bacon it, it might be a better i'm sorry regular bacon to turkey bacon it might be a little better for you but it's not it's really more of just a personal preference i would say i think personally i think turkey bacon is disgusting but it doesn't crisp the no. same. I don't. I don't eat either of them, but I make it for my friend, and it doesn't. Yeah, no, like, like you want for me. It's like I want crispy bacon or no bacon. Yeah. Um, all right. So now, uh, how about sports drinks? Um, very common, obviously, um, for athletes and people working out. Um, are those as good for you as kind of advertised? So for athletes that are exercising for an hour and a half or more, or if you're just you know really you know you're you're big in the gym. Um, then, then a sports drink, especially something like Gatorade, it really is studied and tested. Um, and it can be, it's a great replenishment for someone who's competing at a high level. Um, but for the everyday person, just going to the gym, you know, chances are you probably don't need a sports drink like a Gatorade, um, or a Powerade or anything like that. If you are, then just be careful, like of reading the, the nutrition facts label, like the serving. So, you know, some of those Gatorades have like two and a half servings each, right? So you probably don't need that whole entire thing after your workout. Um, they G- Gatorade has like a G2 now, which I think is good because um, it has like the sill has the sodium, the potassium, the electrolytes, but not as much as the sugar. And I think it's good for someone who, you know, you maybe you're like you go to the gym three to four days a week. You go for about an hour. You sweat a little bit. Um, you, you're watching your nutrition and so you but you want a little bit of something that would be fine. But um, yeah, it's a little bit. It obviously depends on the person and their training style, um, but I would say it's a little bit more for those per- people that are doing more high-intensity sort of training um, than just like your everyday average Joe. Right, cool. So we're pushing. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going uh, to mention one that that Ryan skipped over, and because I think it's somewhat important. Well, how do you know I skipped over? Because I saw. Because you just went lower on the list, so I'm assuming <laughs> you skipped over. So <laughs> it's uh, popcorn, and I also I want to include some other snacks in there, like pretzels or. Uh, quinoa chips mm. and, and things like that mm-hmm. which are still well I'll, I'll let you talk about those snacks yeah we're, we're pushing an hour and a half so let's uh, well I think it goes back to like just kale chips let's say yeah. for example like you know or, or or like you said quinoa chips or things that like have like these words quinoa kale they're very popular and healthy um and then they're in a chip form they're still chips they're a better alternative than say like lay's ba- potato chips but they're still chips so you still want to be mindful of your portions when you're consuming them um and then things like popcorn, there's so many different varieties, like the popcorn in the movie theater, not going to be great. But the popcorn that you make, um, you know, on the stovetop or you buy that doesn't have a lot of added sugar, a lot of added salt or um, butter added to it um, can be a great, great thing to do. What I do with those is if you don't love the flavor um, and they seem to be bland and boring, 
um, you can put a little bit of olive oil or like a like an olive oil type of spray and then add fresh seasonings like garlic powder, um, onion powder, a little bit of salt, maybe some pepper, um, whatever seasoned cumin. And you can really make your own uh, popcorn from scratch that's flavorful, but also um, still good for you. And then I've got so two more, um, then we're done. So one is actually, um, we didn't really bring it up, but I thought it came up to me. Um, one would be vitamin supplements, um, you know, that people tend to kind of lean on those and whether or not that's effective or, you know, if they're, maybe you should just get it through your diet. And the other thing is kombucha, which I'm addicted ah. to. So, yeah, we'll give oh, you, you like kombucha? our I love thoughts kombucha. on um, vitamin supplements and whether or not kombucha is really going to be great for my gut health and is like a miracle drink. Okay. Um, vitamin supplements, we always want to do food first. If you have a deficiency, obviously, then you definitely want to have... You know, vitamin D, for example, most people are, tend to be deficient. So taking a supplement of vitamin D that also has calcium to help with the absorption is going to be great. But just to take and just to take a general multivitamin is not going to hurt you, but it doesn't compensate for the fact that you're you might have a poor diet. So you still want to it's a supplement. So it be, it's be to use in conjunction with a healthy diet, almost like as a safety net. Um, so but you don't want to just be taking all these vitamins and minerals and not eating the food and thinking that you know, that's what's doing it. So you're always, food first is always the, um, kind of the answer there. Um, and then, oh, kombucha. So I love kombucha. Kombucha, if nobody knows what it is, it's a fermented tea that contains probiotics, which is basically live bacteria to help support a healthy gut. When you have a healthy gut, you have a healthy immune system. Um, I definitely want to have a guest on here to talk more about that because there's, there's still new studies. We, we don't know, to be honest, the, that's the answer. Um, Ryan, we're not sure how much probiotics play a role and how much you have to consume to help your gut, to help your immune system and all that, your immune system and all that. But we're learning and it's a promising research and it's growing. Um, kombucha, I would say like it does have sugar, a little bit of sugar because without the sugar, the bacteria doesn't survive. So you need the sugar in it. Um, so one some have bottle, more sugar than others. Right. So one bottle uh, usually has about 16 grams of sugar because you have to remember the bottles usually have two servings. So it'll say that it has eight, which is, like I said, below that 10 grams that I recommend, but it usually has a little bit more. Um, I drink a whole bottle at one time just because I know the benefits of it. But anything more than that, I would probably say it's not necessary. Um Tense, you know, I would just, yeah, I would just say, I, I don't, and I can't answer that, how much you need to drink. Some people have, don't consume any probiotics and they end up, it makes them go to the bathroom. They don't really, don't, they're not, they don't have the tolerance up to consume it. So make sure that if you're starting to incorporate something like that, you know, maybe start with once a week and then slowly is your way up, see how your body responds and eventually it should adjust well, and it should support your gut. You know, it's true because I drank kombucha once and then later I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's what happened. So, I mean, I just later it, I had to go to the bathroom. I don't know. I mean, I had to go to the bathroom anyway. Because <laughs> like, you know that sometimes you, you just generally have to go to the bathroom yeah. in order to keep living. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll leave it to you. Yeah. You every time. Uh, I like the fact that there's someone on this planet that appreciates my humor. I do appreciate your humor. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if other people do. Probably not. <laughs> all right all i right. think it's time to wrap it up what do yeah you definitely um yeah it's a long long episode uh so, but it was so, fine so but be careful with packed. wrapping it up because you know that that you might as well can we just bagel it up instead <laughs> uh, we, we need some sound effects um but up yeah exactly <laughs> uh, i've had to deal with this for what 30 years oh, no, not 30, almost, almost 30 years almost. Almost. all right well uh that's it all of our stuff is at the gym um i will Hopefully have uh, put in the show notes links to all the stuff that we talked about today because um, it was a lot. It feels like we've been talking for a while. 
Um, we might have to make this two-part. Nah, no. Nah, because we already have part we two. We are going to do a yeah. part oh, two, right. by the way, yep. guys. We're doing yeah. a part two. We just did foods that are perceived as healthy but aren't so healthy. So we're going to talk about the foods that are kind of under the radar. Food that Foods that get a bad rap. Or, yeah, <laughs> or, or, that, yeah, or that food that get a bad rap that ends up being... All right, let's end this before... Right. Oh, God. Uh, okay, all right. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Jeff Sonic, <laughs> reminding you that truth does not sell. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tipsy Tony, a registered dietitian, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. And we are the, the gymnasts. Gym